Welcome back to the Talk Podcast with me, Jay Deacon. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am the big hello to any new listeners today. Today's episode, I'd like to welcome ex-England international and former Coventry, Liverpool, Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper Chris Kirkland. Chris has been very vocal about speaking out about mental health lately and uh, it's a pleasure to have him on the show today. So uh, welcome, Chris. My pleasure, mate. How hard was that for you saying Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, quite hard, mate. I'm getting used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Amazing, amazing work. What you do, what you do, and yeah, happy to help. No, it's brilliant that you've uh, come on today, mate. And um, obviously, you come to our virtual walk last week, and you spoke so openly to um, the lads, and they all really loved it, mate. They was all buzzing after it and uh, messaging me and stuff. So. Yeah, th- thanks. No, I enjoyed it, mate. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the brave, the brave going on to things like that. So they deserve a lot of credit as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, so yeah, as, how, how are you dealing with the current lockdown situation? Uh, uh, do you know what? Better than I thought. The first couple of weeks were a bit, you know, panicky, thinking, "Oh my god," because I, I, I have to be active. I have to keep doing stuff. Um, you know, I can't just sit still. I've got to be doing work. I love. You know, I love getting out there and, and socialising and, and bits and bobs. So I thought, oh, geez, this could be hard. But then I've uh, been doing a lot of stuff, you know, stuff like this. Been doing a lot of stuff with the foundation, Liverpool Foundation, who I'm, who I'm joining now. I'm going to work with them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been going out to drop food off for, for elderly and underprivileged people, going to the food banks with the foundation. So been keeping really busy and uh, it's, it's definitely helped and... Hopefully, we look as though we might be starting to slowly come out of the lockdown now, which is, which will be good. There's a, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? And um, obviously, what you're doing is amazing, and you, that's one of the five ways to well-being is like you know giving back to people and like generosity sort of thing, isn't it? Well, listen, it's. If there's one thing that can hopefully come out of this, listen, it's been a horrendous situation at the COVID-19. It's been worldwide. It's, but if there's one thing that can come out of the terrible situation, and hopefully it will be that people will realise just how lucky they are sometimes and also realise that there's a lot of unfortunate people out there that are not so lucky. So, you know, if they can come out of this and, and more people help each other and, you know, do things instead of being a little bit more selfish, you know, to help other people, then that's hopefully what we'll get out of this situation. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's, it, you know, a lot of the communities have come together and um, a lot of people are willing to look out for each other now more than what we used to, aren't they, sort of thing? Yeah, it's a, yeah. you look at some of the stuff on... I mean, listen, there's still some idiots that are, you know, still doing stuff they're not meant to be doing, but in general, you know, 99%, I think, uh, uh, yeah, you're right, you see a lot of stuff online, what people have done for people, you know, not being able to see families or... You know, but then, you know, doing a lot of stuff online, calling people up, making sure they're okay, dropping food off them. So, yeah, some of the, some of the things you see on, online are, are amazing. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, even what you're doing, mate, you know, ringing people up um, is just, you know, it's amazing. And th- just that little phone call to someone could just, you know, really help them out. And cause... Well, yeah, I did. I just thought, you know, what can I do to, to help? And then I thought ringing people's not really you know because you can hide behind the phone so i thought right i'm gonna facetime people yeah um i think a lot of people didn't think i was gonna do it i think a lot of people said oh he's probably just saying that he's not gonna do it but 
you know, I've spoke to hundreds of people already on FaceTime and, you know, they, uh, I, I fit, looking at them in the eyes, you can sort of tell then how they're feeling and you, you can sort of get a feeling what you need to say and stuff. So it's been, been tough. Uh, we said before, didn't we, off air, it's, some of the calls are really tough. Um, but yeah, it's it's been enjoyable in a, in a strange sort of way. But it's helped me as well. It's past you know it's past three, four, five hours a day at times. Yeah. So it's um, no, I'm gonna I've got a few more to do. I'm doing this today for you, and then I'm gonna have a little bit of family time this afternoon, and then crack on again. Um, crack on again tomorrow. No, you deserve it, mate. And as I say, I really appreciate you. You are coming no problem. today. Um, so. When, when did it start for you, mate, when you, you, know, you started to realise that your mental health was sort of uh, being affected? Well, it was 2012 when I left Wigan. Um, you know, moved up to Liverpool in 2001, lived in the same area, same house. You know, was at Liverpool for five years, moved to Wigan, which was just down the road for six years. So everything was easy for me, really. It was, you know, I could pick Lucy up from school when she was born. I could, you know... We socialised big as, as families with Wigan. We had a good, good, you know, Ben Watson and James MacArthur and people like that. So we all bonded and, and spent a lot of time as families together. And then it all got flipped on its head when I moved to Sheffield Wednesday. The travelling, you know, it was just something that my life just completely changed. Apart from the football, you know, the training still the same. But yeah. travelling, yeah. not getting back till late, getting stuck in traffic. You know, everything just started to weigh down. So it was it, it, it got worse over three or four years until in 2016, I knew I needed to help, get some help. So it's just come to a sort of a, a head then at that point because you'd not spoke about yeah, it. Yeah, I was, listen, if I, didn't, if I wouldn't have said something, I wouldn't have been here. You know, uh, as bad as that is to say, I just got to the point where it was, it was, the, it was a seesaw. You go one way or you go the other. And thankfully, I uh, I went the right way and asked for help, and you know I've been getting it ever since. Because as a as a football fan, mate, obviously I said to you last week when you come on a virtual walk, like I, it's sometimes you don't understand all all that. You just see the players go out on the pitch, and you you just think they get paid a lot of money, so they should be putting a hundred percent in every week. But you don't realise, you know, little things just like travelling more and stuff like that each day, like that could really affect someone, couldn't it? Yeah, especially during the winter months when it's cold, when you wait and dark, when you wake up, and it was tough. But you know, it's um, it was a t- it was a testing time. But you know, the, the club were brilliant as a whole. But yeah, I knew I needed to needed to do something to you know to make sure the rest of my life was you know was what it was hopefully meant to be. But listen, footballers are the tarnished with bad reputations, and and some of it rightly so. Some of them are numpties with what they do, you know, flash yeah. stuff on social media and, you know, flash their cars and watches. And I've got no time for that at all. I think they're daft doing that. And the mm. criticism they get for doing stuff like that is, is deserved for me. Um, but there is a lot of other footballers that, you know, in their private lives have got issues. Um, and footballers do a tremendous amount. People have got no idea what we do when I was playing what um, they do now like for charities for, yeah. and no, nobody will ever find out you know a, a tenth of the stuff they do because, because they're not doing it for, yeah they're not doing it for attention they're just doing it because they know it's the right thing to do and they're fortunate enough you know I was the same when I was earning you know a lot of money through football I was always conscious that I wanted to give money back to people 
you know, strangers in the in the in the in the streets. Um, I used to go by, you know, people that were begging for money. I always used to, you know, give them fifty quid, hundred quid, something like that. Um, yeah, I just I was always conscious that I, you know, you gotta you gotta help other people, and yeah, but footballers do get a bad name and harshly most of the time. Do you, do you understand it from a fan's perspective? Sometimes, like you know, we we pay say thirty, forty quid for the ticket and. You know, a guy. You know, one of your players is. He doesn't look like he's bothered or whatever. And yeah, totally. Listen, totally understand that. But there's a line got to be drawn. Yeah. If if you if you're abusing people, if the fans are abusing people, abusing the players because just because they pay money to go to a game and they think that's a that's their you know right to do, then that's completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, vent your frustrations, but in the right way. You know, and and but they've got to realise that that person or that player might be going through something horrendous off the pitch. And you know, you, you're not super. You know, we're not supermen. Um, you know, it's going to affect people, and unfortunately, it affects people on the pitch. You know, when they're doing trying to do the job. So yeah, people. I think most fans are, are beginning to realise now. Um, you, you know, you see all the work they're doing now, and all the teams have come together and stuff like that. But you'll still get some idiots that that think they've got the right to say whatever they want, and not just in football. This, that's in life as well. You, you know, yeah. you go on the internet or you go on social media. And, you know, I had one the other day, this plonker tweeted me um, saying, you know, walk away from Liverpool women's. Yeah, I've seen um, that, mate. Yeah, but yeah get somebody in that's more capable. Um, get somebody in that's more capable to run the team. And I just tweeted him back, well, I don't know where you got information from, mate, but I left Liverpool ladies a year ago. So, you know, but people like that don't, he didn't reply. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I blocked him. That's the best thing we do. I get a lot. Not to be honest, not a lot. I've had a few, but what I'll do is I'll give them some it back in the right way. Uh, never aggressive. You know, I'm never. I don't f them blind or anything on Twitter. Uh, but then I'll come because that's the best thing to do because they'll be desperate to reply and desperate to get the two pennies in again. But when they can't do and when I block them, then it yeah, hopefully that annoys them even more. Because you you're never gonna actually meet them, are you, mate? And so social well, media is very toxic as well, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. You get the you know well, the keyboard warriors that yeah are not bothered what they put, not bothered who they hurt. Um, think they're untouchable, but they, they, listen, karma will come round and get them eventually. Yeah, it's, it's. I think that's social media's made it much. Say like 15, 10, 15 years ago, you know, you go to match, you know, you might get criticised or whatever. But after that, it's pretty much you know you. You know, you don't have to worry after that, but now it's straight after the game, people on Twitter and tagging players, and it's it's horrendous. I never went on it, yeah. When I played, I never never went on it for that reason, yeah. I knew a few of the lads, a lot, lot of the lads, particularly the younger lads, were on it. Um, you know, when I was at Liverpool, it weren't really weren't really a thing that it weren't until, oh, yeah, it, you know, it was when I went to Wigan, um, a few of the lads were on it, but I thought, you know, and then they used to come in and say, oh, been getting abused for this and I'm thinking why, why do you do it for then just come off yeah so I never I never went on it when I played football um, simply for that reason so when um, like you started to realise that you know you, your mental health was getting affected and stuff how did you like ask for help and what support did you get from the football club or the PFA like is there any Kind of like a body that you go to who can support you. Yeah, well, I rang, I rang, uh, obviously rang my wife, broke down to Leona. Uh, she said, "Look, we need to get you some help. Well, well, you know, where can we go?" And obviously, we're involved with the PFA. You're always a member, and she would become a player or a staff member. 
So I just rang Neil Mellow, who I knew was involved with the PFA, and he did some good stuff for him. Uh, Ex teammate, very close yeah, friends. Yeah, very close friends we are, and we socialise his families. Becky's brilliant, and the kids and all that. So I rang him, and he said, "Look, there's stuff there from the PFA. Bring the PFA." So I rang the PFA, met them, and you know they helped us. They got us in touch with counsellors and paid for everything. You know they paid for it all, which annoys some people, obviously, because they'll say, "Well, footballers have got it all, and why do they need that?" But that's what they're there for. You know, yeah. that's what they're looking after players. So, um, but yeah, the PFA needs to do a lot more as well. I think now, you know during this period, I think it's rose up to like 1,400 players have asked for help. After, yeah. up, up from like 400, I think, because obviously it's testing times. And So yeah, the PFA know they've got a lot more to do and I'm trying to do bits for them and stuff like that. But I've said, you know, if you need any help or whatever, I'll talk to players. But I get a lot of players ringing me up anyway. Uh, they don't go to the PFA, they, they, they come straight to me. So I do a lot of stuff one-to-one with a lot of players, past and present. Yeah, so I, you know, I've seen quite a more like few more players speaking out recently um, about you know their the troubles and how they're feeling sort of in lockdown has been as I had his heroes as Paul Merson was on there, yeah. um, Vinnie Jones, Lee Henry, um, even Michael Keane sort of spoke out the past week or so with Cam about how his injury affected him a couple of seasons ago, yeah. first signed for Everton, so. There's a, there's a lot more people starting to speak out now, isn't there? There is the need to be as well. And, you know, we're in a position where when we do speak out, because we're in the public eye, the message can get out there. And, and that's the, you know, that's the reverse of the bad things about Twitter. The good things is you can get good messages out there if you're doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, the profile you've got, you can use it for the good. And, yeah, it's 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 good to see that they're willing to do that. And, you know, by doing it, they'll they'll be helping a lot of people as well. Definitely, mate. And as you say, Twitter's a good thing. Obviously, I wouldn't even be speaking to you now if it, if it wasn't for Twitter. No. So, and obviously, you guys, especially like you and Lee Hendry and Merson and stuff, like, I can relate to you because when I was growing up, you know, I, I, I watched you playing at Goodison Park and stuff. So, you know, yeah. I, I've got that sort of affinity with yourselves. Um, so, it's good to see you guys like speaking and helping each other. Um, no, no problem, mate. No problem. So it, once you see like sort of help and stuff, um, how long did it like take take you to sort of like start getting back to yourself again? Um, pretty quick to be honest, because once you once you ask for it, the, the the weight just comes off your shoulders straight away, and you feel a hundred times better. Um, you know, and then probably six or eight months started feeling good, and then sort of. You know, didn't have the counselling sessions as often because that's what you're meant to do, sort of thing. And then, so for a couple of years, it was all right. But then I just, last January, so a year gone, I just felt myself slipping back, just withdrawing again, not feeling great. I'd come out of football, um, you know, realisation that, you know, the routine's not there anymore, the, what you've had for 20 years. Yeah. You know, the training, yeah. you missed the changing room. You know, a lot of stuff happened in your personal lives as well that doesn't help. And I just thought, you know, I need, I need, I need proper help now. So that's when I, I checked into uh, the rehab place for mental health. So I mean, I, I rang the PFA, and obviously everyone knows they've got the sporting chance down down south, but they do that for every sportsman. So I rang up, and they told, they said, look, unfortunately we can't get you in for three months because of the waiting list. So, so I just said, look, I can't. I need, I need to get in somewhere today. So I, I just searched places with the missus and we found one not so far away from us, which was a comfort knowing I wouldn't be too far from home. 
Yeah. And you know, I checked in the next day, and 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 it's the best thing I've ever done, uh, toughest thing I've ever done. I listen to other people's stories in the group sessions, but amazing place, amazing people, and yeah, I feel uh, I feel brilliant there. Uh, have you become a, is it an ambassador for them as well? Yes, I have. Yeah. Well, it was before, obviously, before coronavirus, but we've had to, you know, I've not been able to obviously go down there and join in with the meetings, which is what we're going to be doing. Um, so yeah, looking forward to working with them. Because yeah, it's a brilliant setup. They've got an amazing place, beautiful place. Just as soon as you walk in the place, you just feel better. No, that's that's brilliant, mate. Um, like I, so now, like how how you like what's your coping techniques? Um, since you've been there, like do you know when you're feeling low? How would you sort of stuff stop? like this, talking, um, ringing people, exercise is a massive one, as you know. Um, you know, yeah. walking a dog, play golf, just going out and having a drive obviously not been able to do that until recently but um yeah so i know when what i need to do but yeah sitting down doesn't help uh, i'll put calming music on i listen to calming music and um, you know sound of the sea and waves crashing and just yeah. brings you back yeah. and stop that anxiety kicking in I, I, I see you've um been sort of like working with sort of mark crossley and dean windass and Hydra jemson sort of all interacting with each other um have you got some plans for the future? Like, you're going to do yeah. walks and stuff? Yeah, we've got loads, mate. We had loads planned, but obviously then coronavirus hit. So we were going to do this before, and now we're doing, obviously, we're coming together and we're going to do Mount Kilimanjaro next July for, for mental health and for the NHS. Um, so we're doing that. There's 25 of us doing it. It's going to get filmed. I think ITV are going to do a documentary on it. So Brilliant. that should hopefully raise the profile even more so yeah but there's loads of events plans golf days there's charity football matches that we're going to play in um and every, everything we raise is going to go you know 50 50 to mental health and nhs so yeah some big big plans but obviously we can't we can't announce when we can do these things so we don't know when uh, when we're going to be allowed to do them but yeah it's called watch it's walking and talking charity hikes um, so we're just setting everything up now. The website's getting sent up. So if any of us do anything and put a video on it, goes straight to that website so people can see. Um, and it'll be obviously fundraising on there as well. So yeah, it's going to be. We're hoping it's going to be well. We, we, it's going to be massive because some of the people that we have got involved with it, and there's a lot of sponsors who want to get involved. And so it's going to be yeah, it's going to raise quite a few million pounds hopefully. That's amazing, mate. I'm just raising the profile of um, obviously mental health awareness. Um, yeah, that's what we're doing it for. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to get you on one of our walks as well, mate. If that's uh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, when we're allowed, obviously next year, maybe or whenever it is. But um, yeah, definitely, mate. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, so, what what would your advice be, mate, to anyone who's who's struggling at the moment? If anyone's listening to this, yeah, listen. It's easy saying it. Yeah, it's easy saying it. Just you've got to talk and ask for help. You know, it's the last thing you you want to do. You don't feel as though you can, but once you do, then the weight lifts off your shoulders and, and you know, get the proper help and don't just do a couple of sessions, stick at it. And you'll learn then to cope with different mecha, uh, different coping mechanisms you get. You know, you, you probably have to try a few things before something works for each individual. But yeah, the, the biggest thing is just make that call or go around to someone's house and say, look, I need some help. Can you help me? Yeah, that's it, mate. Talking's uh, it's one of the best things you can do. Obviously, that's what my podcast called Talk. So, um, no, that's, yeah. brilliant. that's brilliant, Chris. Uh, just before we go, just um, one question to ask is like, what what's like a book that you'd recommend or an audio audio book? Like, do you have any 
like favourite ones? Tyson Fury's. I just read Tyson Fury's book. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's scary. Like some of wow, it's just incredible what he's done to come back from where he was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, read, read Tyson Fury's book definitely. I need to get onto that, mate. Obviously, you used to do amateur boxing yourself, so I, I know well, boxing's one of my favourite sports. So uh, yeah, that's, thanks for that, mate. Um, no worries, mate. And thanks for coming on here today. You know, really appreciate it. And I think a lot of people uh, take some from it, mate. And no problem. My pleasure, mate. Listen, uh, let us know when the when when keep in touch and anything else you need, and I'll definitely come on that walk. And make sure you tweet the link, and I'll retweet it for you as well. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, mate. Right, man, take care, mate.